1: sorcerer-wizard powers the engine of science, seeking to forever alter the sacred balance, traveling on effervescent
0: balls of subtle fire. This Week, Legend. In the year 1986,
1: the Legend of Zelda began, but a year
0: before that, Tom Cruise was the legend. A legend of Link, kind of.
1: Yeah, well, a... I guess Lily is the Zelda in this one.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, it, it fits pretty well. Um, I don't get in my notes necessarily usually, but I was like, hey, you know, I I probably would like been super into this as a uh, DS uh, JRPG in 2013. Right. Sounds like I just let a code out or something. <laughs> But Yes, that is uh, today's film legend. It's a legend, I guess. This is Matt. This is Luke and welcome to the sci-fi and fantasy sanctuary
1: Yeah, we're kind of twisting the rules on this one But I think just genre fiction just gets all lumped in together, right? I think it's okay to do a bit of fantasy now and then
0: I brought a magical mystery tour. That's true
1: <laughs> also, I mean, Star Wars, right? It's kind of both. <laughs> yeah, so Highlander is barely sci-fi. That's more of a fantasy. Willow?
0: I mean, we didn't do Willow. We probably will eventually. Yeah. (laughs) I got a guest in mind for Willow. Rightio. Okay. (laughs) Um, So, like... Sorry, this is where I introduce a guest, but we're not doing a guest today. I've gotten in the the rhythm too much. Well, Uh, even often before we even get to the guest, we do our own histories, right? I think I've been flipping that script a little bit. But anyway, we are talking about our own histories now. Um, I I didn't see this in the theater. I mean, being the old guy that could have. I think I rented... Like, I remember around 1985 or 86, like, seeing, like, the never-ending story and, and Lady Hawk for some reason, I liked. And, um... And just, like, oh, kind of liking fantasy. Mm. And then I saw this movie on VHS from the rental, and, uh, yeah, that sort of ended my love of fantasy. Okay. So I... My, I'm gonna have to talk about a whole bunch of other stuff before I talk about this one. Um,
1: but I guess, like, the biggest cultural thing in my whole life is Nintendo. And Nintendo games. Um so like when i was i guess five or six years old i got a secondhand game boy um and i had like you know all the marios and a bunch of like real shit right like load runner and like ports of like atari games um but i was as a kid i was only allowed to play my game boy like one hour a day or whatever my parents desperately didn't want me to become exactly what they made me become um, you know self-fulfilling prophecy <laughs> And then, yeah, I guess it was around Pokémon was when I super got into games. It was the first one I remember finishing. But still, I was a Game Boy guy, and we had a PS1, but that was, like, the family's. And then I went to the Bristol Balloon Show, and they had a tent where you could play the Nintendo GameCube. And I was like, yeah, I dig this. I got that for my next birthday, started buying the Nintendo magazine every month, became, like, hardcore Nintendo Nintendo. obsessed. Um, Now I'm literally living in Japan... 99% 99% because of Nintendo. <laughs> I've got a Zelda tattoo. <laughs> um, pretty, most of my, like, close friendships is built on a shared love of Nintendo. You're, like, one of the only big exceptions to that. Um, and, yeah, here I am. I freaking love Legend of Zelda. It's the 35th anniversary. And I remember, I guess I would have been around 18, 19, and a magazine just flippantly mentioned, you know, the creation of the original Legend of Zelda one of the inspirations was this film, Legend. I'd never fucking heard of it. Like, this is not a super well-known film in the UK, at
0: least. I don't know about in the States. Um, I think it's... It wasn't well-received when it came out, mm. um, but it's taken on some cult status. Um, okay. In great part, probably because of Tim Curry, but... <laughs> right. So I went and picked up the DVD for, like, you know, a pound, watched it once, and was like,
1: okay, I could kind of see how that influenced Zelda, but I wasn't super into it as a film. But you're talking about, like, fantasy when you were a kid this is what fantasy was like right right but i wish there was a way to say this fantasy was really gay <laughs> <laughs> like fantasy was like skimpy tight loads and loads of thigh <laughs> That like just high camp away with the fairies you know um and that changed with
0: peter jackson's lord of the rings and you've only watched the first one right um i think i i think i finally got through like halfway through the two towers okay because yeah two
1: towers is like the first one is a little more gritty in its design but it's still like you know a freaking some dwarves and a hobbit on a quest they go into like the elf village and (laughs) stuff it still feels kind of like 80s high fantasy but from the end of two towers onward it's just fucking war right and it's it's brutal, it's violent, it has big armies, real castles, people are suffering. And that's been the trend in fantasy ever since. Low fantasy. Where it actually... It's about how an actual kingdom functions. That's the The big divide in fantasy is high fantasy and low fantasy. High fantasy is what most of the actual old legends are like. Where, you know, good guys are good, bad guys are bad. A king only rules like one city... <laughs> That's like a metaphor, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's me- it is. It's legends. It's myths, and then um, nowadays it's more of the like the Game of Thrones shit, where it's it exists in a world where you know dragons and elves and wizards exist, but the actual minutiae of running human beings comes into it.
0: House of Cards with a sword and shield. Yeah. But um, but you didn't actually become a legend until today. I was going to do that as its own segment.
1: <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> but yeah, me and Matt became legends today, so we could talk about legend properly. <laughs> I want, like, a real legend kick, because Matt, got me on the Myths and Legends podcast. Yeah. So I've been listening to, like, old Greek legends, old Japanese legends. I'm halfway through Gilgamesh at the moment. All right. <laughs> <laughs> but, so yeah, I feel like I'm in a pretty good position to talk about this one right now. So, Matt, do you want to tell our listeners the legend of legend?
0: The legend of legend, yes. Here we roll. Once upon a time, in a fantastical land, the Lord of Darkness sent his lead goblin, Blix, to kill the last two unicorns. In the magical forest, Princess Lily is visiting Jack, a dude pretending to be a forest elf. The couple come across the unicorns just as Blix makes his move, bringing instant winter to the land. Lily tries to take refuge, but eventually ends up in the Lord of Darkness's court wearing the skankiest goth dress there ever was. Jack joins the actual forest elf, Honeythorn Gump, the fairy Una, and a couple of dwarves to recover the unicorn's horn. They gaslight a murderous old crone, escape a weird kitchen dungeon, and confront the Lord of Darkness, whom they kill with reflected sunlight. With the unnatural winter finally over, Lily gets back to princessing while Jack runs off to frolic in the forest. At least that's how it went down in the cut I watched. Matthew, might we not parlor about this band of rogues? Oh, if we are doing that the whole podcast. Uh, I, I was wondering if people were going to have turned it off when I was doing that plot summary, to be honest. yep. Yeah. <laughs> I'm wondering if people are going to click on a podcast
1: about the film Legend. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Hello, dear listener.
1: <laughs> I mean, your first note is like. It is fucking weird that there's a Ridley Scott fantasy film starring Tom Cruise with Tim Curry as the devil. <laughs> <laughs> and Ridley Scott really is a thing for unicorns, doesn't he? Uh, what What's more phallic? His close-ups on the throbbing veins of unicorns or the film Alien? <laughs>
0: <laughs> unicorns and aliens. That, that's what it should have been instead of Predator. <laughs> but we we, yes, we have a young Tom among the rabble in this film. Yeah, where, where was this along the path of like the rise of cruise this is pretty early right after risky business before top gun i think
1: okay um, so this was before he'd established the tom cruise brand yeah so i feel I, like top gun's the one that does that
0: yeah i think this is the tom whose ass i want to kick like second most well, what's the number one magnolia all oh, right okay yeah. Well, he's out, yeah but you're meant to in that one <laughs> yeah i know <laughs> oh there's the tropic thunder producer as well yeah i love him too much though yeah <laughs> the brass balls you, on that you guy you don't even try to kick collateral's ass no <laughs> you get your ass kicked creamed but yeah th- well, he's still is... cool in that he's a bad guy but he's a cool bad guy yeah what is he in this he's not cool no he's just a twink <laughs> <laughs> i mean he, he seems like like he seems like someone who that attended the the school in fame well you know what he is he's tingle are you familiar with tingle no
1: in the Zelda games tingle's this weird old middle-aged man who wants to be a fairy oh now just, he's
0: single yeah <laughs> yeah
1: just like swans around in his fairy costume and, like harasses
0: link because link actually is friends with fairies <laughs> right okay wait so he's not the link it's um what gump that's the link who's Gump's the link? more of a link I, no he is the link like it's just that it's hard to see him as a link because we know he's tom cruise yeah yeah of course he's a link but uh yeah kind of because based on, or no, inspired no, Gump by. Is like it, the magical owl or whatever that gives you your instructions at the start of the quest. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> so, anyway, he's here, and it is it is weird to watch him here because he. It, he he's not uncharming. It's just not. It's not. It's like you see Tom Cruise's face, but he doesn't really emit the, the Tom Cruise. Oh, yeah, he is actually thing. fine in this, right? Yeah. It's just now
1: that he's gone on to become, like, the biggest star in the world, yeah. it's kind of weird to see him play in
0: such a, like, naive woods boy and it's the lines they gave him in this one right (laughs) yeah yeah, yeah. i mean the right i mean i I guess they accomplished the writing they were trying to do like you said uh fantasy in the 80s was just like a different thing yeah this was especially
1: american right Mm -hmm. because like when brits do fantasy we can just do it because we already talk like that whereas (laughs) americans are always putting on a poncy pretentious accent when they try and do fantasy at this time (laughs) I i mean around the same time as this you've got like braveheart and stuff happening in britain right braveheart's
0: like 89 Nah, that's like 94 or, or 96 it's way later what yeah i remember because i saw it opening night um junior year my dad and i were oh we'll go see you see the 11 o'clock show oops <laughs> we didn't know it's three hours <laughs> what's, what's happening in like the 80s then uh for
1: sword and sandal stuff because like the, the great Harry Harryhausen stuff was 60s and 70s, The Clash right? of Titans. Was that A's?
0: Yeah, or like 80, I think.
1: Right, because that... That has, like, British actors doing the voices, right? Yeah. So it doesn't come across
0: as pretentious and punsy. Is that why Tim Curry comes across best here? Even though he doesn't show up to, like, 75% right, through the film? because he is going full camp. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, I, I think I've already kind of made it known, like, this isn't my favorite film. But, yeah, he's, he's fantastic as uh, just a... Uh, Grotesque devil, you know, with the Tim Curry charm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tim Curry's other thing around this time would be Clue, right? Also an iconic role of his, but couldn't be more different. Yeah, well, yeah, you wouldn't actually know it's Tim Curry, apart from the level of quality. Yeah. (laughs) Because he's in so much makeup and he's doing a super deep voice. And um, I I guess we're doing actors, but I I did note uh, Rob Botton's name, who's one of the uh, 80s you know, makeup gurus. Okay. Sorry, I need to bring it. I have guests that, you know, can definitely wrap this stuff more than me, but I'm just throwing the name out there. Makeup-wise, this film's pretty decent. Was that? Makeup-wise, this film is good. Oh, God, yes. Those are great
1: goblins and stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's some glitter to get on everything, all that. Um, The female lead... Mia something, I think it was? Yeah, I looked up her name and... um, it seems that her career never took, like, full flight or something. Yeah, I, I had to say, when I was watching, I was like, I don't recognize this girl from anything else. Yeah.
1: And she's perfectly functional in this, but she is straight up playing a damsel in distress. Mm. Like, she has one moment of she takes, she like, she decides to free the unicorn. She's not completely damsel, but
0: she is playing, like, a very 80s fantasy movie female yeah. role. You know, here, here's one of the things, though. I did see Labyrinth in a theater, so I mm. probably saw Labyrinth before this. Right. Um, so, except for Tim Curry, who's fantastic. Like, everything in here is kind of a dim candle to Labyrinth. And and even Tim Curry, come on, Bowie's Goblin King.
1: <laughs> well, that's the thing. Labyrinth, this tries to play it so straight, which you can't do with something this camp. <laughs> like, right, whereas Labyrinth really leans into it. Like, they, you've got... Bowie just gyrating right at the camera. You've got... Well, Starring the, his crotch bald. <laughs> you've got the musical elements, the sing of song and dance numbers, and of course the fact that it's... She's transported from the modern day and stuff. Right. Whereas I think at this time, because you don't have the effects to give us a great army and a big dragon and stuff, this kind of fantasy is just going to seem really lame.
0: <laughs> yeah, everything's kind of tiny. Uh, and, and of course we'll do more of the design. Um, some of the... Well most of the most of the magical creatures of course are covered by so much makeup you wouldn't know who's there anyway. Right. Did you notice who was playing the River Hag? Who was playing the River Hag? Robert Picardo no shit yeah okay. <laughs> no I actually I did see his name on the cast list like after I saw the movie I was like what was he in there but I didn't yeah, I, know I spotted his, his
1: name in the end credits so I waited until it showed the
0: cast and who it was I was like what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> well good on him <laughs> yeah
1: bizarre
0: but okay. great <laughs> he, he's only there for two minutes but we'll, we'll slop him in with Tim Curry <laughs> sloppy seconds with the satanic Tim Curry yep oh that this is the full on awesome satanic panic devil that is him. a great devil that's top tier <laughs> devil <laughs> Um, so I don't know did we finish the actors anything else you want to hit on there um
1: no the f- like what was going on with Gump were they like dubbing over a little boy with a man's voice or something yeah I guess, kept thinking
0: of like you know spock on the
1: genesis planet he did look a little bit like that. i i do definitely recognize his face mm. i don't know if he did other roles or if i just because i've watched this 10 years ago
0: maybe he wasn't dubbed you you were telling me about your student your dubstep student yeah right <laughs> <laughs> might as well do that here <laughs> maybe this kid just smoked 40 a day <laughs> you know, yeah i've got a student at
1: work he's like nine years old Um, And he's recently learned to do a dubstep voice. So, like, just randomly in the lesson, he'll be like, what's up, let's party? Three, two, one. (laughs) But it's like, it's a really good voice. He sounds like he's being electronically filtered. He doesn't sound natural. And he just randomly drops, like, English phrases of what you'd hear on a freaking in a nightclub. (laughs) Or sometimes just, hello,
0: YouTube. (laughs) (laughs) So, anyway, the kid could be like that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Unnatural beast boy. <laughs> I work. It's sort of like uh, they gave, like, the high school drama club just, like, an immense budget, really. I was going to ask, like, this film was a big budget release when it came out, right? Um, Yeah, Ridley Scott in the
1: 80s, sure. Okay, because this is about as good as a film like this could have looked at that time. Right. Like, it is beautifully shot. The the unicorn's horns wobble a little bit, but other than that, like, Satan looks amazing. (laughs) The goblins look great. You know, there's a big old castle to trump around in, and the forest is, well, like, beautifully shot. Like field of cherry blossoms win, where the unicorns. I think die it did win
0: some awards for cinematography. It, it, done, well, right? it should have yeah. right?
1: Yeah. Oh, this I, is one of those films. This would have been better with like zero dialogue. This is a beautifully shot film, and it is like tapping into that primordial like version of a legend of good and evil and stuff. Would there be a narrator telling you what happened? No, just, no nothing. Okay, just nothing. We don't no, need it. Just let us see no, this stuff, that. right? Um. <laughs> obviously, oh, that's not going to release in a theater in 1985. Yeah. But, that would have been a, a maybe that's why this film was beloved by a Japanese game maker. Because he didn't care that like the acting and dialogue was really cheesy and bad because he couldn't
0: really understand it. So before that's why they like the prequels here for Star Wars, right? Yeah, they love the prequels here.
1: <laughs> Though although I was talking to a Japanese girl the other day, and um, for some reason she saw a picture of Kristen Stewart. So, oh, that's the actress who only does one face. <laughs> I was like, wow, a Japanese person who's noticed bad acting, it must
0: be really bad. <laughs> <laughs> But, um, yeah, I can see this being kind of like, a get Rick Wakeman in to do the soundtrack. And, um, I should probably know people are like, well, which version of Legend did you watch? We, we didn't watch the same version yes, of Legend. Yes, I watched the, well, the one that's on Amazon Prime, so it's the 90-minute theatrical cut. And I happened upon the director's cut, which is 20 minutes longer, so... it has right. a different ending. Right, right, uh, but,
1: um... Ultimately, it seems like most of the plot points are pretty much the same for us, though.
0: Yeah, but, well, uh, music-wise, the music gets a little gummed up, because Jerry Goldsmith did a score for it. Right. Um, There's also Tangerine Dream did a score for it. I think One Cut has some of both. One Cut is just Goldsmith. But, uh, yeah, you know, I was just thinking, like, if they'd taken the Tangerine Dream hardcore and uh, made it, like, a, you know, dialogue-less film, that would have been pretty hip. I'd be down with that.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Because, yeah, the cinematography here is beautiful. The design is fantastic. I mean, it doesn't do anything super new. It just realizes it really well. Yeah. This is the stuff that you'd have got if you'd bought just like a, a painting book of fantasy in the 80s, right? Because films couldn't quite do this stuff yet. But, you know, every novel had exactly this. A unicorn, a damsel, a buff man with a sword, some sort of monster in the background.
0: I mean, on Saturday morning TV, we had He-Man and the Adventures of the Gummy Bears and stuff. You you had The Legend of Zelda cartoon a few years later. (laughs) Right, right. Well, I wasn't watching Saturday morning by that point. (laughs) Uh, Where was I going with that? Yeah, it was
1: just live action that couldn't quite pull this stuff off yet.
0: The the monsters, elves, whatever. I guess... um, Again, Labyrinth has like the Henson Creature Shop, which is, yeah. uh, on, that's like having a ring. Well, Jim Henson directed Labyrinth, he? so. <laughs> did not he? Did he direct Labyrinth? I know he directed Dark Crystal. Oh, uh, I don't... No, no, I think it was Frank Oz that directed Labyrinth, or... Anyway, it's oh, still yeah. firmly in the Muppet Camp, let's put it Oh, that yeah. Way. Uh, yeah, they look fantastic. <laughs> so, but the ones here are good, so... Mm. I'm, I, while I, I, I could never... I can't give anyone against the Henson Creature Shop, you know, that's that's just, that's just the thing, right? But yeah. this one's good. They look good here.
1: Um, well, this, this is the classic, right? They just threw a lot of money at it. Whereas the Henson Creature Shop, with a low budget, can still look fantastic because they're such artists. Whereas this is like, it's a very generic goblin, a very generic pigman, but just done really well.
0: Well, we've talked about, like, now you throw a bunch of money at a film and you get, you know, expensive, large CGI brown blobs, right? Right. Where well, here you throw a bunch of money at a film, at least you have people, like, kind of working with stuff and trying to make something that looks cool. Well, yeah, because. It does. Like, if one man is sitting down making
1: art with his hands, there's going to be some character to it. Whereas, if fifty guys in a room, a server room, are putting together a monster, then if you don't have strong leadership, the character
0: can be drained out. So we've had a whole round of like, you know, uh, shitty fantasy films in the past ten years. Some of them, you know, arguably made by Peter Jackson. <laughs> and, oh, there's
1: one great uh, Hobbit film. It's just that he decided to make three instead.
0: Right. <laughs> like, but, I want to watch
1: that edit one day because I think it's probably really good.
0: Yeah. But um, I I guess that's where, due to limitations, in a way, helped this one a little bit because some of these movies are just sprawling messes, right? Well, that's why more um,
1: recent ones. That's why, at least at the early stages, Game of Thrones was so good, because the TV budget did strip back what they could do, so you had to spend time with characters, and like it gets into politics and intrigue and drama, and then when the dragons start happening, it's a big fucking deal, because it's had time to build to it. Whereas the third Hobbit film had so much money. It is literally the film that me and my friends would have made when we were 12 years old playing with Warhammer models. It's just, like, two hours of just the dumbest battle against CGI orcs and goblins and trolls. <laughs> and, like, oh, and now a troll smashes through for no reason. Now the eagles turn up. Oh, now Legolas is running across a crumbling building and shit. And it's just dumb as hell.
0: Yeah, I only made it through the first one, the theater, being played at the proper frame rate, I believe. Right. As in not the crazy Peter Jackson frame rate. Which, well, yeah, you know.
1: eventually on this podcast, they will get you to watch the original Lord of the Rings trilogy. Yeah. I won't try and make you watch the extended <laughs> ones. But they, I think you will end up enjoying
0: them. No, actually, it will be the extended ones because those are sitting on the Blu-ray next well, there to you my feet. Well, you're going to watch
1: it as a TV show anyway, so it doesn't
0: really matter. Exactly. But,
1: but yeah, by the time you get to like Helm's Deep and stuff, it's really good. But yeah, the, because as with anything, like good action doesn't exist in a vacuum. You have to have characters you care about. You have to build up stakes you care about, and then good action really shines. Because well, a lot I, of stuff I, is just like, oh well, if we get you know some swords and some CGI monsters on the screen, people will lap it up, and that's how you get like you know Jack the Giant Slayer and stuff, which I have a personal vendetta <laughs> against anyway. Have I told you that, no, it was filmed in my
0: hometown, uh, and
1: my buddy was signed up as an extra, but all of his shots were cut.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't care about any of these characters except for Satan. <laughs> Again, I didn't Again, I'm not actually putting this in the same category the Jack, as a Lord of the
1: rings. But, you know, by the end I was on board with the Hero swinging in and saving the girl. Yeah. Like sometimes
0: it only has to be that cheesy to get me. <laughs> um a little design design elements I want to hit up before we uh, go past. Um and I want to ask this for your for your gamer stance. Uh, I was going to do that as its own thing, but go on. No, no, no. This isn't where we're heading with that. Just on okay. um, the armor. Oh. His, his legs are still showing. <laughs> oh, they can cut him off with the knees. <laughs> yeah, okay.
1: Yeah, well, it's was, it was just basically chainmail, right?
0: Yeah, well, um, it's weird golden, right?
1: In Lord of the Rings, that's what Frodo has. It's, like, made of the indestructible orc metal. So I guess they're going for, like, it doesn't have to be bulky armor because it's magic or whatever. And they but, yeah, I'd have rather see him just, like, suit up like
0: a knight. <laughs> <laughs> just stomp in there. And they could literally grab Lord of the Rings tropes at this point because it's before the, you know... Yeah, well, I mean, they, I mean, they kind of do yeah anyway
1: all fantasy since Lord of the Rings is Lord of the Rings tropes yeah this shit didn't exist before Tolkien sat down gathered up all the European myths and put them into one place
0: (laughs) um the other one is are they they're in a dungeon kitchen in hell yeah
1: that well that's just that's just yeah where they cook Darkness's stuff at the bottom of his castle I guess okay but yeah it's very that if I'd watched this shit at like six years old that stuff would have been real scary and they're dragging that guy away to chop him up and eat him and he's just like begging for his life and shit and there's these big silent like semi-nude butcher men like like pyramid head or something um there's actually a bit in dark souls where you go down to the depths and there are guys who look exactly like these butchers chopping up a human corpse i think that might be a legend
0: reference <laughs>
1: but yeah that shit's pretty grim and macabre
0: yeah I felt like we just went into a Terry Gilliam film for about five minutes that was very Terry Gilliam yeah <laughs>
1: well right but, that's the other 80s fantasy that was happening
0: but that's uh, I mean time bandits and shit yeah Brazil Baron Much has it but that, that's so far removed from your your, your Tolkien uh, sort of right because vibe. it's leaning into the camp yeah which is this the one the
1: mistake this film made was not doing that <laughs> with our notable exception of course hmm. Spider-Man's thing is he's always in those dynamic poses because that character looks kind of weird if he just stands up and walks like a human being. Tom Cruise in this is the opposite. If he stood up and walked like a human being, he'd look normal, but he never does. He always squats like he's about to shit.
0: Yeah, I know. He's in shit crouches. Maybe he had been to Japan like just before filming and was like, hey, I'm really... I really dig these traditional toilets where you do have to shit crouch.
1: <laughs> Is it just because he spends most of the film hanging out with like three dwarves and an actual child and they didn't want him to just constantly be towering over them? <laughs> <laughs> he's not that tall though. But he's still taller than three dwarves and a child.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, he's mostly crouching because he's so even like when he, even he, when he walks, he like a little shuffle.
1: Yeah yeah well there the first time we see him he does drop from a tree and land in a perfect spider-man pose
0: maybe you should have been spider-man around this time no
1: (laughs) a young tom cruise i will not countenance this discussion no
0: (laughs) it's about as un-peter parker as you can get (laughs) i know (laughs) just throwing it out there um good he's got the stance that's all um Let's see, shit crouch, toilets. Have, have, you, have you made the plunge?
1: I've only ever pissed in them. I've never shat in a squat toilet. Okay. Yeah, I haven't. I
0: can always brave
1: it until I find a Western toilet.
0: Yeah, I've, I've been shit shy with those, so.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, our previous guest, James Farley, lived in China for a while, and he's had to use those. And when I first moved here, I actually sent him a message, like, how do, I, how do you deal with it? And he's just like, you just go grin and bear it. Just do it. <laughs> <laughs> Get used to it. <laughs> but no, I've still resisted. The squatty potty
0: this whole time yeah yeah I haven't yeah I guess you trying China not have any western toilets it's just nowhere
1: I mean if you're in like the big cities I'm sure it does but I guess when he was visiting family out in the sticks or whatever but
0: I do know um, you know uh, Luke and I teach kids now and I, I used to teach more adults and I'd have businessmen whenever they come back from China they'd always like just tell me shit stories <laughs> <laughs> like toilet stories alright Matt when's the last time you shit yourself going through a, a large lake of mud mm. as like a six or seven year old boy scout oh okay mine's a lot more recent last week <laughs> no 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 a couple
1: years ago and okay. i caught some food poisoning and braved a fart
0: i'm <laughs> <laughs> gonna brave this ah oh,
1: shit <laughs> it was uh it was the weekend the most recent pokemon game came out and i made the dumb mistake of finishing work buying a shitload of energy drinks so I would barely have to sleep, eating a ramen so I wouldn't even have to spend time cooking so I wanted to spend maximum time playing Pokemon, and really fucked up my guts. I got food poisoning from the ramen, the energy drinks were going right through me, I spent most of the weekend in bed unable to play at all, (laughs) and yeah, shit my bed.
0: (laughs) I thought you might have a train-spotting story for us. Um, Anyway, I I don't think the intention of this segment was to be completely about feces. I just wanted to talk about tom cruise's weird squat no of course like, I that's get a it. big factor in this film I just, especially
1: I, when he's in that weird costume that shows so much leg <laughs> you're constantly just getting these big shots of his inner thigh
0: oh yeah <laughs> then there's that ridiculous dress oh yeah 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 <laughs> is this okay
1: <laughs> i mean i'm kind of into those kind of dresses but like yeah you, you, you don't understand how the boob physics work when yeah. she's in that dress
0: uh, I assume tape thumb? was involved yeah I would imagine so, <laughs> so anyways so I mean you know she wasn't really she didn't put it on herself so I guess magic put it on magic or Satan but the dress itself came up and danced with her and then put, was it like venom <laughs>
1: Did she just get symbioted <laughs>
0: <laughs> nasty goth venom
1: yeah I mean Yeet. venom's pretty nasty and goth already but not in that way a bit, every time a woman gets one, you you know the comics are going to draw it that way. Oh right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's Lady Venom in the Venom film. I haven't gotten to the Venom film. Oh really? Yet. She doesn't
0: have like two shots, two scenes, but. Okay. No, It, it is on the. It, I do want to see it. I just haven't. Seen oh, we should it. do that for the pod because it's just dumb fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, my my thought is we were going to get on about the the legends as you mentioned, or or you could go with the gaming. I think that's Albiatone's.
1: Yeah, this um. I guess the point of most legend legends, they do exist to say something, right? Right. What does this film say? People this is, it have takes, a fetish for Tim Curry? It takes the building blocks of what a legend is made of, right? Here's a hero, here's a princess, As Winter, they fight against darkness. It doesn't say anything. <laughs> Maybe the, the version you watched actually does have a bit more to say, right? Because the whole point of the film is it's like innocence can defeat this darkness.
0: I guess, and at the also, end,
1: he chooses to just go back into the forest and be a, a boy, right?
0: But I also think that's going to go
1: fight the film back by the dumpster.
0: Yeah. So,
1: <laughs> but I think that is that version has a little bit more to say. I think it, because it's about the innocence of childhood. Darkness just represents adulthood, right? She's not sexualized until it sexualizes her, hmm. and he wants darkness and seri- and sex and violence. And they're like, no, we just want to live in the forest with the animals like children. It's about childhood's end. And I guess the moral of the story is that, like, hang on to childhood as long as you can. Yeah, he's very Pan. Which pretty I don't necessarily Peter disagree Pan. with, right? He's pretty Peter Pan. Yeah. But the theatrical cut, I guess, because audiences didn't like that ending, now we want to see Tom Cruise bang this chick. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, you he lose any hint of a meaning?
0: Holy shit! What?
1: That tree's blossoming
0: already. Oh, yeah. Is that a plum tree? Whoa. Someone takes care of it, that's why. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it p- must be plum. But Spring's on the way. A little weird Nagano. Um, <laughs> um, well, see, you disrupt my thought. That's okay. <laughs> Childhoods. Yeah, uh, I got, what, an extra 20 minutes. And now that you're saying it, I'm like, okay, I guess that did come through, but I don't know what was at and, you know, what was missing from yours, so.
1: Right, yeah, I, d- I don't think just
0: the ending was 20 extra minutes. No, 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 it was <laughs> slightly alternate. So I was getting some worse stuff here and there, but. Uh, yeah. And if you're just a hardcore legend geek and you're listening to this for that, sorry, we're not. That's that's not our peccadillo really. So, <laughs> uh, but also, like, I've been, like I said, I've been listening to
1: lots of the like old legends recently. They tend to fall into two cats. There's the Hercules ones, where every like new monster or challenge he encounters, he just wins because he's the baddest dude to ever live, right? Yeah, he's
0: kind of a dick when you get right down to it.
1: Oh yeah, he, <laughs> but that, that he, what he represents is like warrior kings who slayed all the monsters so humanity can exist, right? Mm -hmm. That's where legends like Hercules come from. Once upon a time, we were fucking hiding in caves from the lions and then tough dudes with big sticks killed all the lions and now humanity rules the world.
0: Hercules! Hercules!
1: Where then there's the other kind of legends like, I don't know, Theseus or something where actually, not not so much Theseus, Jason, every challenge he encounters, he just bullshits his way through. (laughs) (laughs) Tom Cruise isn't, like... He's not a good sword fighter or heroic dude in this film. And he's not a Shit good bullshitter. just keeps saving him. <laughs> yeah, he's not a good bullshitter either, is he? <laughs> like, he fucking just... hits on this fucking hag so that she'll look at her reflection so he can kill her. Like, everyone else helps him defeat darkness. He just barely survives the sword fight. <laughs> but yeah, you read some of the old legends and it's like... Even Gilgamesh, they go and slay the giant, and it's like, yeah, the gods hold him down so Gilgamesh can behead him. <laughs> Jason, it's actually his wife who, like, puts the monster to sleep so he can steal the golden thing. Some of these heroes, they don't fucking do anything. <laughs> so this kind of falls more into that kind of legend. I guess so. Whereas, yeah, by the end, he's, like, heralded as, ah, oh, well done, our hero, our champion. He didn't really do anything. Like, what does he kill in this film? He kills the hag through trickery. He kind of accidentally drowns those two butchers, and then Darkness. I guess he came up with the plan, but he, it was he still just pull the trigger magical sunlight bullshit that killed him. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I understand uh. the idea. Oh, we're going to reflect the sunlight because sunlight kills him. How does sunlight then become
0: a laser beam that blows the door open? <laughs> <laughs> and what if the Lord of Darkness had put sunscreen on that day? Well, just a coat, <laughs> just a shirt.
1: I mean. When you've got that bod, you don't wear shirts. I understand, but
0: <laughs> um, how about the gaming vibes? You want to get you want to you want to segment anew for that, or yeah, okay.
1: My understanding of your game's history is that you played a normal human amount of games as a kid, and then you went through a weird JRPG phase on the DS in, like, 2013. I was, well,
0: probably 2012, 2013, 2014. Right. I was on a lot of trains and taxis a lot, and I had a DS. And you just played, like, every JRPG going?
1: Almost. (laughs) Nice. So you haven't really played much of The Legend of Zelda?
0: Just the Phantom Tracks and the boat one. Okay, the two DS... Widely regarded as some of the worst. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay. I, I, I have played a Link in time. Uh, Link to the Past? Link to the Past, excuse me. Yes, the Link Super Nintendo to the one. one? Yes.
1: Okay, all right. Yeah, that's, one of the hi- that's the highlight of the 2D ones, I think. But, um, yeah, like Legend of Zelda is, it's not quite RPG. It's like an adventure thing. It's pretty much the best video game series there is. Each <laughs> new one that comes out is like straight up 10 out of 10s. Breath of the Wild is, without a doubt, the best video game ever made. Except for the ones I've played. <laughs> yeah, you played the two <laughs> weird side-story, not-quite-made-by-Nintendo touchscreen-generation <laughs> DS ones. <laughs> Even those, though, they're kind of fun. But, yeah, um, the first Legend of Zelda I played through the whole game on January 1st of this year, because it's the 35th anniversary this year. Um, the first one, of, it's pretty generic fantasy, right? you're a dude, you've got a sword, you fight a big monster at the end, you kill some dragons along the way. But you look at the artwork, Link is like a young boy in a green tunic. He's got his knees out. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a sword and a shield. As you play the game, he puts on armor. That's very legend. Yeah. And then um, from Ocarina of Time onwards, the 3D ones, it actually starts with him asleep and a little glowing fairy floats in and wakes him up. Like That shot is straight up taken from this film. I hadn't realized this film really was a big influence on that series. I mean, it draws from all fantasy, Japanese fantasy, Tolkien-esque fantasy, some weird sci-fi ninja shit sometimes. (laughs) It's not like it's just straight up ripping off this film, but this film was definitely a big influence. So I don't necessarily think fantasy fans or film fans are going to love Legend. I do think Legend of Zelda fans should check it out though.
0: Yeah, um... I don't know, I, I guess when I was 7 or 8 and first came across someone that had a, a, an NES and uh, Legend of Zelda seemed kind of like, I don't know, confusing and weird.
1: Oh, it is, definitely.
0: Yeah. It's, it's meant to be like, this is the game
1: you get really stuck into, you have to speak to your friends on the playground to solve all the puzzles. <laughs> it is, though, um, nowhere near as obtuse as people make out. Oh I no, played I've... through the whole game in one sitting without a guidebook or anything. Mm-hmm. It's very doable. As long as you pay attention to what people are saying, you can figure out all the puzzles and stuff. There are some, like, really obscure, if you burn this random bush you wouldn't know about, you'll find a secret. But those are, like, bonus hearts and stuff. Mm. They're not what you need to complete the game. So they are designed to be so obscure. One of your friends read it in a magazine and they tell you and it's, like, cool that they know that.
0: In my friend's said attendant, attendance, not me. I think you, yeah. it needs to be your device. Oh, to def- do yeah, yeah like,
1: because this is a game which is designed to be, you sit down and play this over, like, a whole summer vacation where something like Mario is you sit down and play it for five minutes you can understand okay this is fun
0: you know we just spend like five, five hours, hours on, on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles there you go. water level right yep <laughs> <laughs> well, fuck that level
1: <laughs> or that soccer game that we played where it looks like Donald Trump oh yeah that was fun <laughs> or that weird boat one where it kept going back and forth between like top down and then from behind and then side scrolling
0: that <laughs> was actually pretty fun it was but it didn't make any sense did it <laughs> No, I guess my jam was, yeah, again, more of the double drag, and you're playing with your friend, and you want to kick some ass, right? Yeah, like arcade stuff. Yeah. Did you have, like, a console in your house at all as a kid? Um, well, I grew up, we had an Atari 800XL. Okay. It's kind of half a computer and half a console. Right. And then we had PCs, so I was a PC gamer. Yeah, right? yeah. Uh, like I said, the first actual console I ever bought was a Wii. And yeah. so far, the only of the uh, home consoles I bought. Hmm. My dad had ZX Spectrum, and yeah, he was a PC guy. So when i was growing
1: up in the house we had like a pc with doom was what we had Mm. then the game boy was mine my grandmother had a sega master system so that's why i've got some nostalgia for sonic and then yeah we got it was when the playstation when that launched i don't know how it was in the states but in europe that was the point where like suddenly it wasn't a weird niche geek thing to have a games console everyone had one and my dad got one because like his brother-in-law had one and stuff (laughs) and then yeah nintendo was when i got into the games
0: Bring, bring it back to Legend, though. Do you think this would make a good video game? Not really. Hmm. Because, like,
1: is there, like, he doesn't actually do much on his adventure. Like, if you made a video game out of this, 90% of what you did in the game would just be pulled out of your ass. <laughs> Which, that's how you got Legend of Zelda, right? I wonder if there was a Legend video game.
0: No, my intention in asking that was actually, but why male models? That's what I was going for. But then you took it seriously and answered it. Oh, okay.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I don't necessarily think it would. Um, At least not without just having to pull a load of bullshit out of your ass. Because Tom Cruise's character in this is a useless little dweeb. (laughs) He's not a legend. (laughs) But maybe that's what the point of this film is. It's like these legendary heroes were not, you know, legends. They just happened to win and now we write legends about them. But it, I don't think that was a deliberate thing.
0: you are just going to stand there and shout, I'm not a pathetic and gross dweeb. That's, That's not, not my, my legacy. legacy. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so I just wanted to put that on the hard copy. Oh, I was waiting until we get Matty on the podcast for you to do that, but fine. <laughs> no, I can't hold it that long. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, i got one more 2nd i got to use
0: the squat toilet. Okay. No, no, I oh, said... Matt's not going to edit this out. No, 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 no the segment started. I said, like, like I had to say that quote because it would be like waiting for the squat toilet, right? Right. It's, it's got to happen now. Okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so, uh, the real star of the segment... Yeah. Well,
1: me and Matt have both officially become legends today. That's what the menu said. Yeah, we've eaten the big dog. Oh, <laughs> well, no, the mega dog. Mega dog. <laughs> it was pretty insane. Yeah. In length, at least. I guess I should explain. A couple months back, Matt took me to a nice burger joint in the mountains, and we were both in the mood for burgers. But as I was perusing the menu, I spotted among the hot dog section the mega dog, and the description was just a heavy dog become a legend. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, well, I've got to come back here and eat this. I need to be a legend. <laughs> and then today we're recording about the film Legend, so of course, we had to go back to the Diamond Dust Cafe in Sukodaira, Nagano. Plug for them there. (laughs) Um, Probably include them in the tweet. (laughs) (laughs) Sure, why not? What
0: the hell is this? (laughs) And yeah, it is a big fucking hot dog with a surprisingly crispy bun. Yeah, so it was like kind of hurt my teeth in it.
1: You couldn't take just like one whole bite of the whole thing. No, no, you... you Come t- at it from, like, angles
0: and stuff. You told me I was eating him like an ape that never <laughs> seen was, food. Matt was, like,
1: bringing his arm, like, over his head, grabbing it from behind, like a chimpanzee inspecting something and <laughs> taking weird bites from the side of it. He looked like a... Like some like if Tarzan had been brought back to civilization and never eaten among humans before. And
0: like just plonked into a restaurant, it was insane. Well, that's because the, the bread and the stuff had come off, so it was just like this long dong part of the sausage. <laughs> he had to grab it like a claw
1: machine. <laughs> I've now discovered that Matt likes to play
0: fucking arcade games when he eats his dinner. <laughs> But um, I, I actually, I was a little surprised they ha- didn't put cheese on it. I thought it was going to include cheese. I,
1: I assumed the shtick was going to be that it has, like, every possible topping. But, but the shtick was actually, like, they use the really legit thick German sausage. Yeah. So I really liked it.
0: And it was, like, a fucking meter long. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, I think, yeah. So, yeah, hot... For for your hot dogs and hamburgers, if you've got the hankering for a hamburger, fly on over the mountains of Nagano, (laughs) fly on over to Japan when that's possible, and (laughs) I'm I'm sure the Olympics will solve everything. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I I felt legendary eating it. But I guess the other question then is like, well, I don't know if it's such a thing in America, but in Britain you often get called a legend if you do something pretty decent. So when have you been a legend?
0: Mm. I don't what do we say in America? Epic. All I can think of is I'm King Shit of Fuck Mountain, but Right, but you say that about yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but
1: like I'm trying to think of occasions where like everyone's been like, oh summer haze, we legend. <laughs> um I've got a few examples. One would be so we often used to have works like Christmas parties or whatever which would just be a shit disco at some country club. And, like, there'd always be a dance floor, and eventually the party would get going, but it would take a while, right? But one time, me and my friends did pre-drinks at my apartment and played Smash Brothers. <laughs> then went to the party, and me and my friend Katie just immediately turned up. They were in the middle of the raffle. Everyone was quiet. I just shouted at the top of my voice, fine, I'm here, you can all relax, I did come. <laughs> then we just walked onto the dance floor and started the party. And, like... That was it. From that point on it was a party and I felt like a real legend. And people were calling me a legend for like a month after that.
0: <laughs> okay. No, no one's called me that. The closest I, I was thinking I, I played a gig once in Athens, Georgia, and we had to play for three hours and we had a lot of songs. But we only had like an hour and a half of songs, right? Right. So we're like just making up stuff and like playing covers of songs we never tried to play before, that sort of thing. Right. Anyway, somewhere ha- halfway in. I, I don't even think we got into the real wonking yet. We stopped playing and a bunch of sorority girls come up and just because it's like people pass through drinking right so it's like weird but uh, so are you guys like a band (laughs) I don't know why that came to mind but it seems like a legendary moment in some way yep 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 (laughs) uh trying to think other ones of mine uh I'm I'm gonna call out um uh, a friend who I I mentioned on the podcast before because unfortunately departed this earth last year but uh we we got him outside of the Forty Watt Club in Athens, Georgia, where he got into an epic argument with a homeless guy about the quality of um, the Polish Polish sausage stand. <laughs> Having the argument right next to the stand. Was he saying it was good or bad? Um, he was saying the homeless guy was saying like no no I, he, the the. Polish sausage guy—it's not real anymore, man. It's not as good as it used to be. And, and Marty was like, "Oh no, it's the this is the best thing ever, man!" <laughs> and He was like trying to like bring Come on over You gotta try a sausage. So that 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 was a legendary moment. That that dude had many legendary moments. So so. now yeah. <coughs> so, yes, so I got to think about my my
1: friends who was legends. Mm. They definitely were some moments. <laughs> Most of mine though are like, the legend is that they did something really bad. Like <laughs> <laughs> when my friend Rich. I probably shouldn't name him, fuck it, he's not going to hear this, um, lied down in the street to, like, try and surreptitiously pee in a gutter, <laughs> <laughs> but oriented himself so that his head was downhill of his... <laughs> hey, <anyway. laughs> and he's too drunk to get up, so it's just slowly approaching him, and he can't stop. <laughs>
0: that, that's why I like the sausage story. It's not good, it's not bad, it simply is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> See, that, yeah,
1: I think those are the kind of stories which people did used to call me a legend, but you, know, you don't remember these things yourself. <laughs> if one of my friends was here, they would tell you some dumb shit I did. Because I did a lot of dumb shit. I was famous for it. But I can't remember the specifics. <laughs> like, <laughs> And I tried to pretend to kick my friend in the face, but just actually kicked him in the face <laughs> and
0: broke his nose. <laughs> because he wouldn't get up and do the Macarena with me. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Uh, well, well, I had a party once. It's uh, one of the few parties I've hosted myself for New Year's where we... Had scorecards, and you got points for debauchery. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> the The winning move was one dude making out with the dude's girlfriend, like almost next to him, while the other dude was like passed out. <laughs> he won. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty debaucherous. <laughs> I won't name names, but uh, he knows who he is. <laughs> so, legend, how does that, how does that hold up today?
1: It's it's like the opposite of debaucherous. Yeah. Even Tim Curry barely manages to
0: inject sex into this film. In the dress. That's pretty debaucherous, but yeah. <laughs> when you need tape for the dress, it's pretty randy. Yeah, but she doesn't want to be in that dress, no, so you can't really want to. get no, too haunted. No, about no it. I know. I'm just <laughs> I'm just calling out the dress itself. Because it yeah. is a sentient being like venom. Yeah. Well I mean <laughs> if
1: you were if you're into Tom Cruise, I guess you're getting a good old look at his legs in this one, but... <laughs>
0: all tights all the time. <laughs> oh, there's no tights. You're fucking naked. Oh, yeah <laughs> Sorry, I was putting Link in there, I guess. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. When Link's a kid,
1: they let him just wear the tunic. Whenever you see him as an adult, they put some pants on him, because it's weird.
0: Put some pants
1: on him for God's sake. But my- that, that, I'm pretty sure that was a meeting that happened at some point. <laughs> Someone just
0: walks by like,
1: that's a <laughs> there's a naked ass man! Put some pants
0: on him. Um, I've just heard of this one becoming one of those <laughs> kind of Penpenders?
1: <laughs> no, Chin Chin, fuck, pen-pen is spank. <laughs> that tells you what I watch on the internet. <laughs>
0: So uh, this film seems to have acquired some sort of uh, caught status, a caught fan base I guess people, see when we did the Highlander I got that, I was like okay I see where there isn't a, like an obsessive fan base here even if it's not my obsessive fan base I get it you know? This one is like when you, sometimes you play me
1: music and I'm like oh I get why a music guy is into this this is one like I bet if you're a guy who's super into film production this film like has amazing film production
0: Oh yeah. It's just not an entertaining
1: film for a human being to sit and watch. Especially when it's twenty minutes longer. (laughs) So I can see why this film has inspired people, why this film is, you know, something that it is available today and watchable. But I don't think it's I don't even know if it is a cult classic. It's just one it's one that people watch as a historical curio, right? (laughs) It's a cult classic in that it wasn't very successful, but now people watch it because it's interesting. (laughs) But I don't think there's like legend conventions.
0: Could could be be wrong, yeah.
1: (laughs) Who knows? Heck, if you're like a super legend fan and that's why you're listening to this podcast, do get in touch. (laughs) Like we do a twenty minutes follow up on this, talk to someone who's like super into it. Because like like I said, I can see the aspect which someone would be into. I just feel like most of the aspects which are why I watch films
0: are not here. I just I guess I took the non caught approach where I just forgot the movie existed for 30 years yeah, <laughs> yeah well, like i said i
1: only know this movie because it comes up occasionally in like as a did you know thing in a gaming magazine
0: mm. um any other things you want to throw out on this film i guess uh, you know we're, we're we, we already got in deeper than maybe we needed to i mean this is even more hardcore
1: than um highlander in the oh this predates when they knew how to choreograph fights i don't really remember any action happening there is like a sword fight between tom cruise and the major villain at the end right and it's just shit yeah each other and the other one blocks (laughs) Whereas, like if you made this film today there'd be some pretty cool fights where he kills one of the goblins later on he kills darkness that shit would be dope but it's before they bothered to do that (laughs) i mean if you were watching a film made in like china or japan at this time the sword fights would be phenomenal but we just didn't know that it was worth doing that yet <laughs> bizarre to me
0: yeah it, it's definitely uh, things to look at but not really things to uh, enjoy as a story so much
1: yeah so it's a put
0: on in the background film sure don't don't listen to it don't listen to the film don't let it enchant you <laughs> <laughs> like in the bad way not, not enchanting like what an enchanting evening but enchanting like you've been enchanted yeah yeah you need to find the vial that gets rid of the poison he threw it away it's gone <laughs> that's me miming jerking off to get the poison out oh <laughs> <laughs> that, that did i didn't get that i thought you were throwing the poison away like maybe like you get the poison in the video game and you throw it and like it blows up and then there's a mist and that heals you mm. Mm. i i see i watched legend i'm having pure thoughts now yeah okay I I was tempted by darkness And I'm just thinking about banging (laughs) (laughs) Anyway getting in touch with us Or following this thing Or whatever thing If you want to get in touch with the podcast Like I said if you're into
1: legend then do hit us up We're on Twitter at MLSFSpod Uh, We also make other stuff If you want to hear more of the music That you heard during this podcast You can find Matt's music at rovingsagemedia.bandcamp.com Matt has another podcast Which I occasionally guest on that one's called Oral Hygiene, A-U-R-A-L. Um, and if you like any of our podcasts, you can find our Patreon at patreon.com slash Podcastius. Uh, I also do podcasts, but I'm not going to plug them right now. I'm going to say go and check out my YouTube page. Um, I've been replaying all the Mario games for the 35th anniversary. And after them, I'm going to start uploading videos about the Zelda games for the 35th anniversary of that series. Uh, you can find my YouTube at Busker Lily, which is... B-U-S-K-A-L-I-L-L-Y but I think some of those L's might be ones on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> well, whatever, just search Luke Summerhaze. Well, or don't, whatever,
0: just listen to the podcast, you do you. Or watch Legend again. Relive the Legend. Ah, uh, don't. I could just stop it there. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, <laughs> pretty funny ending.